0: Hello, everyone. This is Honey Coco Bordeaux.
1: And this is Honey Sabina. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about cannabis and its
0: use in rituals. Uh, uh. <coughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of High Tea with Two Honeys. This is your host, Honey Coco Bordeaux.
1: And I'm Honey Sabina.
0: And uh, we just want to thank you all for tuning in today. If you've uh, made it to episode three, that means you really like us. Thank you. Uh... (laughs) Thank you for listening and not abandoning us after our first two ridiculous episodes.
1: (laughs) It's been fun, though.
0: Yes, it's been fun. Um, We're getting used to this whole little podcast thing today. Today. As we said earlier, we're gonna be talking about ceremony and ritual cannabis use um, and rituals and religion. Um, and what inspired us to start you know, talking about this topic was an article that I found um, from 2020 um, where they had discovered a Jewish shrine where they found traces of burnt cannabis. And they believe that that is like the first evidence of substance, of the substance being part of religious life in the ancient kingdom of Judah.
1: Interesting.
0: Um, And actually, they excavated the ancient kingdom of Judah in the 1960s and they found like a citadel and the southern borders of the city um, and they found this shrine. And at the time they tested the substances, but they were unable to identify it. So they went back and now we've got our 2020 technology and they tested the substances again, and were able to confirm that it was indeed marijuana. Um, and it was mixed with like kind of like an animal dung. And they believe they believe, well they what they believe is they would have mixed it like that so that they could light it mm-hmm. and then like inhale the incense. Um, And that kind of made me like go do some more research on like what other religions use cannabis as well. And it seems like across the board, there's a lot of them that have like, mix it with something, put it on an altar and everyone inhale it versus like, you know, smoking it it. per se. Um, I found that um, in 2019, actually, that archeologists unearthed what they believe is the earliest direct evidence of people smoking marijuana. Um, And it was from a 2,500 year old grave in Western China. Um, The Greek historian Herodotus actually wrote around 440 BC accounts about accounts of people in Central Asia smoking cannabis. Um, And archeologists in the past have actually found cannabis seeds and plants buried in tombs across Central Asia and the Highlands. But they could never confirm that they were actually, like, smoking it or using it as, like, a mind-altering substance because, obviously, like, cannabis has other uses. They could have used the seeds for oil or for clothing. Um, So they couldn't necessarily confirm that they were using it for, you know, a getting high purpose.
1: Right. Um,
0: But in this case, they do believe that they were using it perhaps to maybe, like, get closer to the spirit of the loved one that they were burying at that time. Um, And that kind of seems to be like across the board when it comes to um, real like cannabis and rituals, Um, a lot of people kind of wanting to get closer to whoever, you know, the divine one is that you believe in, uh, getting closer to the spiritual world in Hinduism. They believe that cannabis is considered one of the five sacred plants and it's believed to hold the guardian angel, a guardian angel, in its leaves. Uh, I know, I kind of like that. <laughs> I believe that you. <laughs> and the Vedas actually uh, reference the herb as like a source of happiness, a joy giver, it's a liberator, um, and it's supposed to be compassionately given to humans to delight the senses and eliminate fear. And there are lots of stories actually of Shiva himself like using cannabis for, you know, whatever reason. And they actually believe that um, it was created from his own body um, and that it resulted in an epithet and ganja or body born. I don't know if I pronounced that right. But that's where they believe the word ganja originated from the term mm-hmm. and ganja or body burn. That so I
1: the cannabis was supposed to have been part of Shiva's body?
0: Yes, like it was created from his body. Uh, so
1: how amazing would to
0: it To pure. It's a pure to purify the elixir of life.
1: So wouldn't it have been better that if Catholics believe that the body of Jesus was cannabis. And when we went to church.
0: I mean, that kind of makes our... <laughs> I mean that kind of makes a little more sense than like Would it
1: have been better if they just gave you cracker. that during <laughs> communion? Yeah, than some dry ass cracker. Some community <laughs> wine that everyone's been drooling in.
0: Yeah. Dude, so, you know, but... I was
1: never into that.
0: I was always into that because I was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, give me some extra. Give was oh an extra convenience situation. I want another The wafers side of were
1: fine, but like the sipping out of the communal cup was really disgusting to me, even as a kid. I was like, I passed.
0: Well, so I only had to do that one time during church service. Most of the other times it was just like a little plastic cup with, you know, like you got your own little cup and it was like, oh,
1: that's some way
0: more oyster sanitary. crackers or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> music. Wait, it wasn't so y'all, like those like, paper wafer things. The,
1: y'all, wait, y'all ate like those fish cookies that you put in soup? <laughs> oh, oh, I had one those oyster,
0: oyster crackers. Yes. <laughs> I, I have, had no I've, idea. I've, I've had different variations of the body of Christ. And sometimes <laughs> it's an oyster cracker. Sometimes it's a very flat wafer cracker that tastes like paper. Sometimes it's a rich... I
1: had you know? no idea that different... Um, churches or religions do like a
0: I think here's an an animal cracker I think you use whatever (laughs) you can get your hands on I mean it's symbolic (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) I'm just used to you know the whole catholic you know paper thin wafer and communal wine and a goblet
0: yeah my my dad's side of the family is actually catholic but I've only been to catholic church like once and then like my grandfather's funeral was like a catholic funeral um, it's but. pretty
1: cool. I mean, it's only an hour long. I'll tell you a funny story. I went to, uh, I used to go every Sunday. I mean, I was raised Catholic and I was raised by my grandmother. So I would go every Sunday. I mean, almost every Sunday. Anyway, so we took a cousin of mine that had never really been to church. She she just didn't grow up doing that. And so the cathedral we went to was in, in downtown and they would have live mariachis playing the songs. You know? Oh, nice. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really nice, and uh, she had never seen. She was like, "Oh my god, it's just a concert in church." She's like, "I had no idea." And as soon as they were done playing, she stands up and starts clapping. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, "Shut the (laughs) sit down, girl!" Like, (laughs) we don't clap. (laughs) But yeah, no, different religion. I mean, it's just a trip.
0: You know, you're used to what you're used to. Yeah, well, and for me, I guess. With Catholicism, the main thing is that, like, I don't know all the little commands. There's, like, a lot of, like, getting up getting down and, and, like, them. call and response situation. Yeah. That like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be saying, so I'm just going to mumble something very low and pretend that I'm saying the same things that you are.
1: <laughs> well, the crazy thing is you, you you pick it up really fast because you you follow a, uh, what's it called in English? It's called a missal. You follow a book, and it's the same sermon every day of the year.
0: Yeah,
1: it's the same story. It's the same sermon. So you 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 just learn, you know the you know peace be with you, and then you start shaking and kissing people. Ugh, yeah. gross. I hope that changes after. after
0: this. <laughs> well, this- I mean, I guess like I grew up, like I said, my dad's side of the family is Catholic, but my mom's side of the family, um, like my grandfather's father, and all of his uncles were bishops of the Holiness Church. So he grew up, like, super strict, like, wake up with dad in the morning and pray. Everybody in the house prays. Like, we only wear, he didn't wear, he wasn't allowed to wear blue jeans. He had to wear slacks every day. Like, they were super strict. Um, But now, I guess, my family's more Baptist. So I grew up, like, going to a Baptist church. Um, And... That I guess I liked going to a Catholic church because you're right. Like the service is like an only an hour long, whereas like mm-hmm. Baptist church, like who knows when we're ever going to get out of there. Like it could just go on forever. <laughs> really? I, I, so they don't ever. have
1: a time limit? No. no, no. <laughs> so it's hours?
0: Yes. Dang. Yes. Yes. Because basically what happens is like, the pastor, he starts giving a sermon, but then he starts singing and the choir starts singing and then he's giving oh, a sermon cool. and then he keeps going and then somebody's yeah. got to come up and they're going to devote their life to Christ. And, and then it just keeps going and going and going. Like it, it could be, you could like literally get out of church at like one or two in the afternoon. Like wow. I have literally, like literally had to like eat. Like, we you talking about purse candy? Like, I needed the purse candy. I, that was the only way I was going to survive.
1: <laughs> you know what? It just clicked. I think that's where Old Lady Purse Candy was invented, was for... Right? long services and they were like nope i've been doing this too long i know i need to pack a snack right there's gonna be 12 assorted candies that i'm going like keep pop in my this purse. can in
0: your mouth and be quiet <laughs> Talk on it until lunchtime
1: <laughs> that's wild i didn't know that I've, i really haven't attended so other than catholic services i've only ever been to like a pentecostal service okay um into Buddhist temples other than that I have no experience of what a Baptist service is other than what I see on TV
0: I mean I would say like I mean I guess Baptist I mean I guess you're talking about like Southern Baptists. um it's not close to Pentecostal but they're kind of in the same realm of like I don't know (laughs) of exuberance (laughs) yeah I guess so I mean I guess like I don't know that like I feel like Pentecostals are, like, the speaking in tongues, like, situation.
1: I felt like it was more more exciting in the sense that everyone in that room was super stoked to be there. Yeah. Like, they seemed like they were, like, you know, really having a moment. And in Catholic Church, yes, it's great. You know, it's cool that it's an hour. And you know, it's like a script. You know exactly what the beginning, the middle, and the end is, and then what your role – it's like a really controlled uh, little play – so there's not a lot of like people losing themselves in prayer or in singing like yeah. you see and, and other, which I think is really cool that you, you know, if you're going to be religious and you really are experiencing it, that.
0: Intense, like that's. pretty Oh boring. no! Totally, yeah. I mean, my mom Even got hit in the back of hours. the head with someone's shoe at church one time. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would
1: have broken out in a fight in a college. <laughs> she
0: took her shoe off and threw her- <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs>
1: Just feeling it. Right. they like are up in the air. Shaking. Right. I
0: was like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> and then what do you do? Like, again, you can't. Like, you can't get like, mad. That is totally normally a fighting circumstance if someone hits you in the back of the head of the shoe. But not in church. <laughs> but not in church. We going to think about it. Like, okay, she's got the Holy Ghost, so we'll let the shoe go. <laughs> there are no rules. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. Like, I was kind of forced to go to church until I got old enough to like be like, nah I am not doing this situation. I mean I enjoyed going, but I would say the church that I went to as a kid I felt like was very uh, I don't know, there was just a lot of like performative stuff. And like for our when we would give our tithes an offering, I didn't like the fact that like the the offering plate was at like the front of the church and they would dismiss you by rows. So, like, you would oh. see everyone. And so it was just, like, this parade of, like, this, it was, like, the time where everybody just gossiped about everybody as they went up. First, you got to oh, see, wow. you got to see what they put in the offering plate. Right. So it was basically, like, an incentive, like, you better put something in the plate or everybody in the church is going to know that you didn't put anything in the plate. But it was also yeah, the time that it's... people would talk about whatever your outfit was wearing or, like, oh, you were so-and-so's <laughs> daughter. She was making out with blah, blah, blah. Like, like just <laughs> Like j- just totally not the so
1: it's like the water cooler of the yes, <laughs> but also totally not
0: the behavior that you would not, think would be uh, from someone church. who is during church and trying to right. be Christian like. I didn't I didn't think right. it was very very Christian like.
1: And then I so. feel like they are marketing your charity or your donations
0: via shame,
1: right? Oh, and they also <laughs> they
0: also published them Oh no! In in our program. <laughs> With the with the amount you paid, <laughs> and Danielle
1: donated eight dollars, right, right. The Johnsons four hundred dollars. Thank you, Like, Johnson. How you messed really up is get that? To oh, like, gosh.
0: you know, like not everybody has money like that to spend. Right, and also, like, it's not going to Jesus. Your money's not going to Jesus. It is going to Pastor Rodney's new <laughs> Range Rover, okay?
1: <laughs> like. I can't believe they posted that. Like when right? we do like that, how... <laughs> what do you call it in English? The, when you put the money in the basket? Ties and offerings. Ties and offerings, okay. In Spanish it's called limosna. Um, it's kind of like, like, somebody just has like a giant basket attached to like, you know, a 10 foot pole basically. And they just, like, you know, pass it in front of a row. So you yeah. don't really know who 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 donated what or who, you know, pitched in. But when it passes you and you're the one in the row that doesn't put the money in, it you do feel kind of like an right? asshole. So it does force you to put something in there. Yeah. They should but have, like, like, an anonymous box in the back of the church, but they don't
0: they know exactly exactly well and I have been to some churches that are like that where you just like as you're leaving the church you can just deposit it and go on your way because that's I mean there are families who are in poverty you know you don't you don't know yeah yeah, what and like I feel like someone shouldn't have to like give money that they don't have to like put up some sort of facade or you know
1: yeah you know I was I we were talking about Ritual and cannabis or any other substance. And I, I started the episode with like, ew, communal wine <laughs> during a religious service. <laughs> uh, well, I mean. It's just, I'm just, I'm, I'm a germaphobe for anyone that doesn't know that about me. And the thought of that has always grossed me out as a kid. Yeah, I'd rather like inhale a... cannabis rolled in poop than <laughs> share a glass of <laughs> wine that 20 people before me Yes! On. Ew! Ass,
0: I you. mean, literally, I feel like that's almost just like drinking the end of a beer. <laughs> it's yeah. just like the backwash. Or,
1: <laughs> or the basket everyone's spitting when they're you know, tasting wine. Yes. I, do, I, I, do, I do know somebody who, on a cruise, I won't say who it is, but um, she was on this cruise very bored, and uh, this group was you know, tasting wine and they were spitting it in that, in that basket or that bucket. And she said, she knew exactly what it was too. She grabbed it, chugged it, and then ran off. Ew, <laughs> no! It's gross. She's like, it's alcohol. It's fine. I'm like, I don't think it works Ew, no.
0: that no. No.
1: And even if it no. did, I don't, it's still
0: so No. no. uh uh-uh. Yeah. Gross.
1: Yep. Wild. Anyways, so we were talking about, um, how long ago, uh, cannabis was discovered and being used in ritual. Um, I found a few things too. I focused mostly on the kind of like Central America a little bit. And I was surprised to find, because I kept looking for kind of cannabis use, uh, and, um, Pre-Hispanic times, and I came to find out that there wasn't any cannabis use in pre-Hispanic times because it was introduced uh, with the arrival of Christopher Columbus and Hernan Cortez uh, during the conquest. Um, they brought it in ships that came from the Iberian Peninsula, uh, where its use was the legacy of the Moorish invasion. And if, if you guys don't don't didn't know that in Spanish we have a few thousand words in Arabic, it's due to the Moorish invasion of Spain. And so a lot of their cuisine and language was passed down. And so was cannabis it was one of the wonderful things we got from the Moors. Yes. Um, yes. So even after the reconquest and the Inquisition, cannabis kept being used in Spain for manufacturing of textiles and for medical use, which is how the cannabis plant entered Mexico. Um, with the aim of producing textiles in the New World. So I I didn't really find uh, any kind of cannabis use in, like, Aztec ritual. It was mostly uh, after the conquest. Uh, So it was used um, by indigenous uh, natives in Mexico uh, after the fact. Um, So in Central America, the Mayans and the Aztecs, uh, like I said, were one of the many afterward to incorporate cannabis into their medical arsenal, and they incorporated it in the cultural, spiritual, and religious rituals. Um, Mesoamerican cultures always use various hallucinogenic substances to promote what we were talking about earlier, which is mysticism and communication with their gods. Um, So they thought that the gods looked favorably on these mind-altering substances thanks to their ability to bridge human thought with the divine beings that they were worshiping. Yeah. Just like you said, it just—it's one of those things that is true throughout the world in different cultures before everybody started having an exchange of of these substances. And I found a description of a ritual that was used by uh, one of my favorite shamans, Maria Sabina, which uh, my new stage name is is inspired by. Um, so she was a shaman uh, in the Mazatec area of Oaxaca. And she generally used uh, mushrooms in her rituals, but sometimes when those weren't around, she used salvia or cannabis. And so I found a quote of her saying that, when I'm in the time that there are no mushrooms and I want to heal someone who is sick, they mu- then I must fall back on the leaves of pastora or cannabis. When you grind them up and eat them, they work just like the niños, which was she would call the mushrooms, her children or her little saint children. Um, but of course, you know cannabis and pastor has nowhere near much as power as the mushrooms. But she used it anyway. So uh, the rituals that she used it for were really similar to the ones of uh, she used with mushrooms. And it takes place at night in complete darkness and stillness. And either the healer is alone with the patient, or there are also other patients and possibly some healthy participants present during the ritual. And uh, beforehand, the shaman chews and sucks on the leaves. They're held over some burning copal incense. So just like uh, when you found that they were wrapped in, in dung, I guess they used that as fuel. So you have to burn it somehow. And uh, while it's burning, some prayers are said to consecrate the leaves. And after chewing the leaves, the participants lie down and remain as still and as quiet as possible. Uh, The rituals last barely longer than one or two hours as the effects of the leaves last a significantly shorter time than those of the mushrooms. Um, If the visions are strong enough, the healer finds the cause of the illness or some other problem. And then he or she gives the patient appropriate advice and then ends the meeting. And that was it. So it's kind of like um, a little bit of like psychotherapy. Yeah. Just lying there quietly and kind of, you know, trying to figure out... uh, what the source of the illness is and it's usually something, you know, psychological. Or yeah.
0: Emotional.
1: Okay. Um, so I thought, I found that was really interesting and makes complete sense. You know, yeah. that you would use it in, uh, in healing people. I agree.
0: I mean, we're using it that way still. <laughs> to this
1: day. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Medicinal use. I mean, of course I use it, you know, for funsies, but I, it definitely helps, you know, curb the anxiety and the stress, oh, yeah, uh, totally. body pains, all that. I mean,
0: it's, and I think, a... you know, especially now that like, it's been legalized so many places and like, you can actually go in and, you know, read about a strain, know what it does, you know, where it's not like our, our, parents generation where you're just like I got some weed
1: who knows Parents, that was, <laughs> right, that was you know? my generation until like 10 years ago when things were a little bit more organized yes
0: like? yeah but I mean now like you can go you can know how it's going to affect you and really like choose choose your cannabis to help you and how you need it I think that's it's just organizing. crazy that
1: we've we've been having we've self-medicated just kind of you just kind of know what yeah. works for you, you know, before they were able to figure it out specifically by strain or dose, we just kind of, just kind of playing with ourselves and seeing <laughs> like what works.
0: I mean, I don't necessarily know that I've had like a spiritual experience while I was on weed. I mean, maybe I was paranoid and I thought I suck. that happens so much. <laughs> but I don't necessarily know that I think that I've had like a, like a spiritual oneness type of situation while I've been mm. on yeah
1: I don't know that I would describe I wouldn't describe it as a spiritual but I have found that especially in the in the last few years um, if I'm really upset and I'm going to have a conversation about said thing that made me upset with a person, I don't just go into that just like hot you know, and just like ready to go. I kind of, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little cannabis and let it sit in. And then I'll have that conversation. And I feel that it does help clear a lot of the, the ego stuff that was causing me to be angry and it makes me more empathetic um, and patient with the person that I'm speaking to. So I feel like that's probably as spiritual as it gets. That it helps me empathize yeah, yeah. and uh, it, it curbs a lot of the, the bad feelings
0: uh, for sure. Yeah, I would have like the opposite situation <laughs> because I'm not someone who gets angry really easy. So if I am s- angry about something and I smoke, I just gonna be like, oh, it's fine. And I'll just let it go when like, I should probably really <laughs> be angry about it. <laughs> I, see, yeah. I mean, I
1: stay, I, I make my point. You know, like this is why I was upset, uh, but I'm less reactive. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, a lot of things that make me don't make me lose my temper as much. But same, like when I do, I it's it's got to be pretty big for me to speed that upset. But, yeah. um,
0: but at least take like the time to sit back and think about. You know, like really process where that anger is coming from.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's where that comes in and helps kind of clear your thought. I mean, I say clear thoughts because, you know, when you're stoned, no thoughts are really clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it helps me be just a better kind human, I think. I don't know,
0: but sometimes I've had those times where, like, I've smoked and, like, everything just became, like, crystal clear. Like, it was cloudy yes. before. And then, like, I smoked and I was like, it all makes sense. Why didn't I that think about is that why, <laughs> that's
1: a great point, because that's exactly part of why cannabis is such, plays such a big factor in creativity, or when you're building something and it all comes together in this moment of, you know, high awareness, where everything you've been planning or trying to put together just comes together perfectly.
2: Yeah, which is agree. uh
1: Yeah. Like that's part of the 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 creative use of cannabis isn't new. I mean, everyone mentions it. Musicians have mentioned it. Artists have mentioned it. You know, as part of the creative process. And a lot of people who probably don't don't do a lot of cannabis probably think the opposite that it kind of gets in the way because yeah. you know that stereotype of like the uh, stoner yeah. <laughs> just being lost in space. But I think outwardly, my my reasoning is outwardly, you look like you're lost in space because internally, your brain <laughs> <laughs> is in outer space coming right? up with all these great ideas. So, like, you can't, you know, be bothered with, you know, the mundane while you're stoned. That's, right? my, that's my
0: explanation. Well, I was actually looking at, at a high times... Um, article by the High Priestess, uh, Gabriella Herstick. and she actually, like, in, I was going to say, like, April, kind of towards the beginning of the pandemic last year, she released a article talking about um, creating creative rituals with cannabis to survive quarantine, um, and I know we've talked about this before, that, like, definitely quarantine is keeping us sane, during this time period and I think it's definitely a way that uh, a lot of us are coping with the situation that we're in um I think definitely especially for someone who likes smokes for anxiety I feel like the pandemic has like for me I can speak for myself has affected my anxiety in kind of weird ways um So I think it's definitely helped in that way, but also just helped in like, you know, processing, like you said, processing things that are going on, thinking about them deeper and like your feelings. I think we're all experiencing a lot of mixed emotions and everything within, with being confined and not having, you know, any type of social interaction.
1: Oh, for sure. I think that's what's keeping everything, keeping those threads together together right you know because a lot of people um and this is not a criticism it's just been an observation a lot of um us in quarantine have been drinking a lot i have actually stopped drinking because i've been able to use cannabis um just i mean it just as a form of you know stress relief like yeah. we've been talking about um so and i know that's true for a lot of people Oh, so totally. i think that's what's that's what's keeping everybody everybody together especially
0: when like the pandemic first started like when it first started I tried to kind of like maintain my my schedule because I was still in like this belief that like oh this is gonna be a month and then I'm gonna go back to life as usual (laughs) Um, and then like once I realized that wasn't gonna happen it kind of started to morph into this like yeah, it's noon, but I'm at home, so let's drink some champagne. <laughs> you know? Every morning, right, right, right. You're like there are no there are no boundaries now. Just right, do whatever right. the fuck you want. But yeah, you can't do whatever the fuck you want because like you need to keep your liver working. <laughs> Isn't and that crazy you maybe don't that... want to like be drunk by like 3 p.m. <laughs> like, let's do our own
1: devices. Without, yeah, without a, schedule a schedule or a consistent job or whatever, all, all we, we do, do are terrible, you know, the things that are bad, bad for us. We're for like it's children. It's like, so let's just drink and get stoned get and eat all the snacks. Oh, a bunch of crap, yeah. <laughs> that's what we do. We're hedonistic at heart, yes, I think. That's we why we are. need structure. Totally true. Yeah. How funny. But yeah, I mean, that's a good point and it is. I mean, maybe people need more of a guidance uh, or a guide to learn how to use cannabis and ritual or just rituals in general during the pandemic. But, I mean, you know, just just consume your cannabis however the hell you want and do your ritual.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then do your
1: thing. But um, I say that, but for sure, like, especially before creating something or, or even, you know, getting ready for a show or some big theatrical event that definitely helps put you in that mindset as well
0: oh totally yeah
1: when you do it way before the performance yes
0: yes we are not condoning performing while under the influence this is about
1: prepping prepping for (laughs) getting ready for said show that's hours later yeah because i think performing stoned is a bad is a bad idea we don't Yeah. yeah yeah
0: no i think i think not I think, I mean, it sounds great because, you know, like you think about when you're stoned or you're dancing at home, you're just like,
1: "Ah." yeah, but yeah, you also trip a lot. (laughs) Yeah,
0: but also, exactly, the coordination is not always there. Sometimes you think you're doing really awesome things and you're not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you record
1: it for put for later and you're like, ooh.
0: You're like, I just made I was making was I amazing. made up a modern dance and then you like watch it back and you're like, Oh no. <laughs> 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 what is you, this? Trend? You just ended up like the
1: landlord from the big Lebowski. Right. No, like exactly. <laughs> like, oh god. Yeah, so it helps it helps the creative process, but it doesn't really help uh with finesse.
0: <laughs> no. Not at
1: all. <laughs> no, no. No, no, I agree. But um it's fun for getting ready for those things. And also just same thing that you talked about earlier. Um people used it in ancient in ancient times to enhance the social activities or whatever social ritual uh, they were going through and I feel like that's the same today. You know just for concerts for example it's a communal ritual yeah. or experience and that's why doing substances before during those experiences are really fun and it does kind of it does kind of feel like it brings you kind of together
0: yeah with everybody well, and the I did, like the music events i mean i think cannabis totally like brings yeah. up the the musical
1: experience. yeah the feel it all yeah <laughs> that old human instinct
0: yes yeah get all get all into it lose yourself in the music
1: (laughs) i always think i always think of stuff like that like uh, the matrix 2 (laughs) where they have that big ridiculous rave yes (laughs) although that's what i feel like like how like ancient humans were partying that's how i hope they were
0: they were pretty... I think they were probably pretty close to that. I mean, I think. I mean, they
1: were doing all kinds of drugs.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they were.
1: Shit must have gotten really weird and crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they also believed all these things that were kind of outlandish. Yeah, as well. imagine. <laughs> exactly. exactly.
1: Imagine just like being under the influence, surrounded by music, people really feeling it. And then you believe all these wild things that made total sense at the time. Like, wow, what a crazy experience. Yes i think that's why it sucks so much during the pandemic to have that taken away you know yeah. to those social the social events the performances the concerts the shows so. well
0: and i mean i think like at this point i think you know sharing a spliff
1: <laughs> you know never at a party <laughs> or
0: before a show or sharing a bowl with your friends is like not a thing that's happen
1: anymore. <laughs> like, No, it's like
0: BYOJ, <laughs> right? For real. <laughs> yeah, and, but I feel like I mean that's just like such a part of it though. Is like, oh, we're gonna go hang out at someone's house. We're gonna hit the ball. Yeah, or Me share y- the y- I love
1: doing that. Like I always would bring a couple extra ones and be like, hey guys, let's.
0: Yes, of course.
1: Rotate it. <laughs> you gotta bring your own j. Since I think
0: I don't know, I feel like most burlesque dancers are potheads. i'm not
1: pointing any fingers but. but
0: definitely i mean i think you know like when you're trying to get some inspiration for like a piece that you're working on or something it's nice to smoke and listen to the music and you know be inspired in that way
1: yeah i think it helps um you know you you might think that you don't have any any oh what do you call it I want to call them mental blocks, but that's not the word I'm looking for. But you, you, it kind of lets you put down all those
0: walls. Oh, totally. That your yes. sober self the boundaries. Puts up <laughs>
1: boundaries that you're not even aware of until you're a little stoned, and you're like, "Oh man!" Like, yeah, it's like I don't know. It makes everything, it makes everything come to you creatively a lot
0: easier. Yes.
1: Other than that, that.
0: And I think it also struggle. makes things like. I mean, perhaps ideas that you have that may seem a little more outlandish when you're sober.
1: <laughs> they make more sense.
0: <laughs> I think you tend to entertain them more. And yes, I mean, fr- from yes. my experience in burlesque, honestly, like what I found is like the craziest, silliest idea that you have that you're like, okay, this is so ridiculous. I can never put this on stage. Put that shit on stage. <laughs> like that's a change. <laughs>
1: we've done a lot of that together when we've come up with ideas while we were stoned. And we're like, oh, my God, we have to do this. And, you know, it's it's pretty good. It is outlandish. Uh, but when it gets filtered through the outlandish idea to, like, the actual making of the idea, it kind of, like, you know, brings it down a little bit to a very doable.
0: Yes, yes. Doable
1: situation. And uh, it ends up being something pretty cool. It's weird, but it's cool.
0: But I feel I feel like some of my favorite burlesque numbers are people who it's like you can see that, like, this was just some crazy kooky eye that they had and they just decided to go (laughs) for it and they were like who cares if we have this like I you're gonna dress up like a bird and shit out an egg and then dude but those (laughs) are the best
1: acts I mean when executed well. <laughs> I've seen some really outlandish shit and I'm like, you know, that was that was fucking entertaining. That was that was good. Right?
0: Right? <laughs> I, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those those are the times when I'm always like, gosh, you should have just done that idea. Don't tell yourself that it's too out See, yeah, when well, you're just limiting just yourself
1: and you're like, look at this dude shitting out a bird egg. Yes. And I've been limiting myself from my, you know, whatever act.
0: <laughs> just gotta do it. Just put just it on the do stage. It.
1: Just do it. Just and then, get stoned
0: in there. I mean, the audience will let you know if it works or not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> will they, though? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're
0: right. Like, burlesque audiences are really nice. Are, they're very generous. They're very generous for the most very part. Very kind, yeah. Um,
1: and you're like, uh, be honest with me, guys. I need it. <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> They've been trained to just...
1: They have, like, you know, you will. they will never boo. No. I don't think they'll I'll ever see that. will never I don't think
0: I've ever, yeah. I don't think I've ever been to a show where anyone booed oh. or like oh, I've of so cool. course been to shows where people were very quiet.
1: <laughs> um I know
0: like the first time I performed overseas, I was really like weirded out, I guess, just because like Americans, you know, were just loud and out of control and like everybody just yelled all kinds of crazy stuff. And then like the first time I performed in London, they were just like Ta-da! <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like one of the shows that I did, one of my friends was there from that. Li- she lives in the UK now, but she's originally from Texas, and so she recorded a video of me, and she's the only person in the audience that's like, "Take Cheers. it off, yeah!" <laughs> and culturally, she's
1: <laughs> probably yeah, like, "What a rude person!" Smash! <laughs> <laughs> Like around all these, like I didn't she may well. She may as well just brought one of those giant foam fingers for you, right? Right? Painted <laughs> her like, torso with honeycomb. Everyone around her was just like, "Brava,
0: ta-da! That was wonderful."
1: You know what? <laughs> I find that to be just a little bit of bullshit. Because isn't that the country where they did a during Shakespearean acts? People just threw, you know, tomatoes and rotten vegetation to the stage after. That's true. <laughs> Didn't they set theaters on
0: fire? <laughs> I well, call bullshit. And that's the thing. It's like I could tell that they're they're entertained. They have big smiles on their faces. Yeah, it's just a different they're it's just just not, different yeah, They're just
1: not gonna yell out. Some I remember craziness. performing uh, <laughs> with one of my hula groups. We did uh we, we performed at an Indian wedding. <clears throat> and I imagine it's also part of their culture to be, you know, quietly respectful while watching a show and it was just it was just quiet. It was like the quietest thing. Nobody clapped. And then at the end, people were like, oh, that was great. That was wonderful. And it's like, oh, weird. You know, usually people express that through clapping, but all right.
0: I actually did a private gig at an Indian birthday party. And I think they were like, what is this? Y'all are interrupting the dance floor. Please,
1: <laughs> I felt a you, little bit
0: of that, you, too. I was like, like uh, can you wrap please, it up? <laughs> can you please just, like, get all, get through this number so we can we're get back We're trying to do to our, like, amazing
1: to, like, to, like, our amazing dancing in our amazing outfits. <laughs> yes. But
0: one thing that was entertaining about that was that while we were performing, a lady's hair caught on fire. <gasps> she had, like, all this long hair, and it just, she switched it into a candle, and you just saw it go, like, <laughs> and i <like, laughs> trying to put her on. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: You know, that wasn't one of those, like, funniest home videos. Uh-huh. You're probably in the background
0: somewhere. But it was wonderful. <laughs> I was recording to just, like, look at the audience. He's <laughs> terrible.
1: Dude, there's been so many times where I've been on stage and I've witnessed some really crazy stuff going on in the audience. And you're just going to – you just have to keep it together. Right? But- <laughs> You try to try not to follow them with your eyes. It's like, did she get up? Right. <laughs> I just saw that lady just fall between the seats. Is all right? Oh
0: my god! I've seen totally. so many crazy things. Yeah. <laughs> Audience manners. Sometimes they have them. Sometimes they don't. I remember one time I did a show where I was performing with a band, and I was dancing like on the floor in front of the band in the round. This couple just started swing dancing, just in the middle of my act. Oh, wow. Ain't about do, you, bitch. And I was doing a fan dance, and I was like, oh. And, like, everybody else in the crowd was, like, looking at them, like, hello, do you not understand, like, a show is happening here? And so I just started, like, fan dancing around. People were laughing. And they never, that was very never nice noticed of that, like, hello, there's someone performing here next
1: time i go to a concert i'm gonna bring like a guitar and i'm just gonna get on stage start playing my own
0: thing (laughs) god people are so rude i went to see elton john at caesar's palace and he let people from vip come up on stage and there was one dude who got on his, like, piano chair and was just rolling up across the stage. He was just oh, scooting around, he was rolling around, he was yelling and singing. <laughs> Dude, like, that is such
1: a crapshoot. I, I, well, we know a lot of our audience members, a lot of our VIP people, they're usually pretty consistent, and they're pretty wonderful people, and we know them. But imagine being at the level of Elton John and having no idea who you're bringing on stage, and just you're just hoping everything right? goes well and this well, dude
2: is like, not throwing Vegas, himself across so. your stage you know, right what could happen.
0: <laughs> like... man but i, I also mean, thought like i guess if i was on stage with elton john i be mean... i was gonna
1: say i was gonna say well what are you supposed to do stand there with your you know hand in hand you know in front of you really polite not do anything that's also weird right yeah <laughs> Makes sense to slide across the stage. <laughs> Try to put on his glasses and his outfit. That's like his only
0: opportunity. He's gonna get so you guys know, so go for it.
1: That's true. Yeah, I take it back. So, last week I failed in bringing my ideas because I have them but never write them down. <coughs> <laughs> and this week I I wrote them down. One Yay! is my idea. And the other, the other's is my husband's idea and I brought it because it made me laugh so much when he, when he pitched it to me. So oh. I'll start, I'll start with mine. Okay. So I think this is a really good idea and it might work. So dog treats, right? But mm-hmm. for a drive through, you know, like you go to mcdonald's and you get yourself a happy meal like wouldn't you want to bring something nice to your dogs yeah or if they're in the car with you instead of them you know having to watch you eat three cheeseburgers and that you can't share with them because you know you're not supposed to give cheeseburgers from mcdonald's to your dogs (coughs) wouldn't it be nice if you had like a little dog treat cheeseburger yeah and i think like every chain should carry these dog treats and i think if you saw dog treats on the menu you would buy them every time. Right? Of course. Every time. There's no, there's no way I would see a dog treat option on the menu and not get one for my dogs.
0: Of course. No, I mean, totally. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. So that's my my idea for... I mean, I guess, what
0: is it? Like, Starbucks has that puppuccino. But, I mean, that's just foam in a cup. Like, that's not right, really... It's just a like, mess. Yeah, like, that's not really it's a, a mess. treat. You're treat. wasting
1: resources by wrapping it and, you know, giving it in a cup you know just just a dry just a dry treat without any packaging you know make it Yeah green, but then i guess green. you also
0: have to like i don't know maybe i would also be hesitant of like if someone put something in the treats or something like how do i know for sure that these are not some really? sort of like Really you
1: think that i would think tainted treats <laughs> I mean okay so we can make edible packaging just give the whole thing to your dog <laughs> <laughs> You dig it out of their dog poop. It's not my problem oh, after okay. you leave the establishment.
0: <laughs> but I mean, I think people, you know, they do drive around with <clears throat> their dogs. And like, I mean, yeah. children and dogs, like, those are the biggest booming industries. So it, it makes sense. That's so, true. like, restaurants would just start. I always wanted to open, like, a dog cafe, but one Aww. that actually served dog dogs yeah, like, no! <laughs> no, my <God>. dog burgers <laughs> dog dogs oh, I wanted one that actually had like a menu for the dog so you could you could right. order a meal and you could get your dog like the same meal you're getting no that's adorable like, doggy version of it basically yeah and, and they should they would,
1: have like a lower table yes yes so yeah it would be, that's like, cute just, like
0: them going out like you could go with your friends they bring their dogs and like y'all sit and it's just, why like, doesn't a nice that restaurant. exist They have a meal and you have a meal.
1: Oh, that's adorable.
0: And just make, maybe the ground has like, you know, AstroTurf or something, you know, in case they have an accident or whatever. Now, I don't know how you would necessarily control other dogs from coming over and eating your dog's food. Oh,
1: I know. A mini little picket fence around your seating area.
0: So if you have your own little area, that would be nice. Yeah, Yeah, I would totally take my dog and, and do that.
1: I think that's a really good idea, and astroturf is a good idea because you can probably spray it with some kind of dog-friendly disinfectant too to yeah. to get all those. Because I'm but always I mean, hesitant to take my dogs to uh, dog parks because I'm always afraid of them catching something.
0: Yeah, that's weird. true. That's true.
1: So, man, that's but I, I, I think you hypothesis. know,
0: like we've started traveling with our dogs more, and so I've definitely been researching more like when we go to places like water dog friendly places that we could take the dogs with Mm. us if we need to stop somewhere and eat i think it's pretty important like that there are places that have more access like that you know
1: yeah i mean last weekend we took the dogs uh hiking and then i went to the get my car washed right after and at the car wash they had dog treats For my dogs, because they stuck their heads out, you know. As the guy came in for their payment, you know, all three little dog heads. Yes. He's like, I got this, and I was like, Oh, (laughs) how? Thank you. Oh, how pleasant. Yeah. So I was thinking, I was like, You need these everywhere, right? Like. Yeah, and not just like, you know, just like a dog treat, dog treat, but like you said, like something that looks like the meal that you're having. Something yes. cute for you and just delicious for your dog. Like
0: if McDonald's had like little doggy French fries that were like made out of something, not obviously a French fry, but you know, something that a dog could eat that <laughs> yeah, looked like a French fry or something, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Like it would have to be, I don't know. I don't know the the, the details of this, but I just thought that was a cute idea.
0: Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I don't know. I want to take my dog with me everywhere. Dogs just make life better. So I can Thank understand so. that. That's one thing. Again, going back to performing overseas, they just got some good ideas. But people in London are really serious about their dogs. That's one thing oh, that I really? learned. Yes, there are lots of doggies and people bring them everywhere. They will go yeah. in the stores. And so backstage, people brought their dogs other performers had their dogs with them and there was like in the corner of the dressing room there were several kennels set up that had some dogs in them and there was one little dog that was asleep in a hat box and he slept (laughs) slept through the whole entire show in this hat box and I didn't even realize he was in there I put like stuff on top of him (laughs) like everything just so quiet and then his mom came backstage and she just like moved the stuff and it's like Time to go! And it's like pops I love Oh my god! There
1: was a dog in there. <laughs> <laughs> they must. Well, they must be so used to it that they're really well behaved. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, again, driving. like I said, it seems to be a thing because there were even people in the audience that had like their little dogs. Wow. Them, like sitting so watching is the it, show.
1: Is it mostly people with little dogs or all kinds of dogs?
0: Um, as far as like the ones that had them with them in their audience, they were little dogs. But like mm. backstage, there were some like pretty decent, like medium sized, you know, dogs, like the ones that were the ones that were in the kennels were like, you know, just a, a probably a medium that, sized dog.
1: That America is not as I mean, I know that America's pretty dog friendly, but I mean as dog friendly as something like you can bring your dog to a
0: show kind of thing. Right.
1: That's crazy. That's cool. I mean, it makes sense. A lot a lot of people are having not having kids and have more dogs
0: oh totally yeah
1: so if you're allowed to bring your kid you should be allowed to bring your trained
0: and I feel like again dog. for like performers I know a lot of performers were like their dog is like their companion like that's their mm-hmm. person they travel with when they tour you know and so like bring them with them everywhere they go <laughs> oh, <it makes laughs> so sense. you're not lonely you got there your there are your pets for a reason friend.
1: they keep us company so, the other um, idea, that is my husband's idea, <laughs> he was like, okay, so a yogurt that has peach on it, but the name would be, sup, Peach." <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Not my idea, but I thought I would share it because it was, it was pitched very uh, enthusiastically.
0: Uh, it sounds like it. I mean, how else do you say, what's up, Piach? You have I'm
1: to say it You can't say,
0: Piaj. You have to go, stop,
1: Piaj! Right? <laughs> so, uh, there you go. You're welcome. All right.
0: What's up? Piage coming to a store near you. Stop,
1: piage? yeah, that's how you have to ask for it. <laughs> uh, well, that was high
0: Diaz. Yeah. <laughs> and dog that treats everywhere. That needs to everywhere.
1: be on a shirt. Yeah, dog treats
0: everywhere. <laughs> with like a little peach. That actually a little really peach. Cute. Yeah. A little peaches. What's up,
1: I like it. I I it, surely it's got to exist.
0: Yeah, it's somewhere. Does. Yeah. If we, if we, uh, he
1: arrived at it independently. I won't take that away from
0: <laughs> All right. I could I can see he gets he gets points. Yes. yes. <laughs> I just imagine like a little a little cartoon peach.
1: Yeah. A Little <laughs> thing with big big tennis shoes. Yeah. Yelling.
2: What's up, Peach!" <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: God. People at home are like, we get it. Or <laughs> <Right. laughs> well, they're yelling it along with us. I don't know. Either way, thanks for hanging in there toward the end of this episode. You made it.
0: Gosh. Uh, well, I mean, I guess what kind of rituals do you have before, like, performing or whatnot? Do you have, like, any kind of rituals or anything um, that you do?
1: Yeah, I um, I get ready in my bathroom and... um. I set up the lights a certain way, like the back lights are red and the front lights are vanity lights.
0: Oh my gosh. And then
1: I have a playlist for getting ready. Um, Wow. So, and I wear a certain robe. (laughs) 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 I get really, I have to like get really pumped up and get in the mood. Okay. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, I'll do my makeup, um, do my hair, all that and have my stuff already packed because I hate packing it after. I don't like packing my stuff the day of the show cuz it stresses me out. Oh,
0: me neither. Yeah. Oh man,
1: I know new a few people that pack right before a show and I'm like, "How do you handle that? That I don't know how you have that much grace under pressure." Like, I, know. I have to do it the at least the night before so I can check everything, make sure nothing gets needs repair.
0: Right? Exactly. Um, I mean, the you only time I pack day up is if, like, my suitcase is still packed.
2: <laughs> like before, right, right. And I'm just like throwing the same shit more back and more in. Often. It. Right.
1: right. I'm finding myself doing that more often these days. It's like, ah, oh, it's all in there
0: for like bringing my suitcase home and not unpacking that thing and just leaving it how it is, and then just like, oh, gotta go to a show again. Now I gotta unpack this suitcase from last <laughs> week's show.
1: Well, now that I do those Friday night gigs and. um I, I kinda I'm guilty of that too. I just leave everything kind of packed and I'm like, yeah, I'll just do that one next week and
0: but then sometimes I mean, you I, open it, you're like, Oh, I forgot that I stuck a brownie in here. <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot. And it's like are you like, Oh, there's lots of money in my suitcase. <laughs> like, oh great, the leftover
1: nachos <laughs> from the venue. Damn. Yeah, that happens. I mean, I think I think we're all I mean, I there are times where I'll, you know be pretty diligent about it and get home and try to unpack everything but if i know i'm doing the same thing next week you know why bother um so anyway my stuff's always packed and then i have that whole music lighting situation before i get
0: ready <laughs> i definitely like some music for getting ready uh, i don't really have like an extravagant lighting situation <laughs> <laughs> but i do like to put on some makeup and uh I mean, to put on some music when I'm getting ready to get me in the mood. I always put on my eyelashes and my eyeliner after I've had my last smoke break because I've learned that if I put them on before, then I will have like watery eye situation. Oh, yeah, I can't
1: overdo the the cannabis before doing my eye makeup because I, you just get in the moment right
0: oh my gosh you're like I've been doing this one <laughs> wing eyeliner for one hour dude
1: yes yes but sometimes it'd eyeshadow. be the most
0: perfect winged sometimes eyeliner it looks ever. Good as
1: hell but <laughs> you're like I don't should. have an hour <laughs> I don't have an hour for this
0: or sometimes I'm like oh my gosh what did I do to my face? <laughs> I, I just started like putting colors on and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, why no, do I have purple eyeshadow? you <laughs> to fix it. It's too late. <laughs> it's
1: like going to, it's too late now. That's why, I mean, nobody likes masks, but that's the beauty of masks when you're performing. It's like, you just have to get your eye makeup, right? Nothing else matters.
0: That is true.
1: Yeah. It a lot of time. I feel like
0: my mouth says so much. It's one of my best features. Oh, for sure. Not being able to have people see my mouth is a weird, weird situation.
1: I found it to be really strange, too, um, because you can you're limited to how you can emote. You know, you you express yourself. And so I I find myself having to smile really big under my mask (laughs) that my eyes are smiling. Um, And then, you know, you can't take your gloves off with your hand. You do a lot of sexy stuff, excuse me, with your mouth when you're performing. So you can't do the lips, the tongue, the kiss, the uh, licking of the fingers and removing of the gloves. So it does limit – yeah, it is very strange. I mean, yes, it's easy to get ready, but it does take away a little bit.
0: Well, and I also find, like – I don't know if it's – I feel like part of it has kind of made communicating a little more intimate with people because, like, you're only Mm -hmm. looking in them in the eyes. But I'm also one of those people where I feel like my eyes say a lot. Like, if I'm angry, I normally will, like, not look you in the eye because I feel like you will just see into my soul (laughs) and I will not be able to hide anything. (laughs) Yeah, we'll turn you into stone. And I also feel like I can't, like – I was talking to, um, one of the assistants at my doctor's office and it's like, I couldn't tell if she was flirting with me or not. Cause I could just, <laughs> we are having a good conversation, but Did I am just don't... looking at her eyes and I, and I felt like her eyes were really flirting. It's like, do you want me
1: or not? <laughs> Check yes or no. oh my gosh (laughs) she must have been really hot (laughs) or you think who knows
0: (laughs) i don't know i mean i just i just felt like she was giving me the flirty eyes but maybe they were but how do you know yeah right
1: maybe she was just trying to express with her eyes you know what a pleasant person you were and she was you kind of overdo it just like when i smile at people
0: right which, which maybe I'm doing the same thing. Maybe she got the same vibe. Maybe she got me. sexy vibe
1: from you, too.
0: <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> Who knows?
0: <laughs> Gosh. Oh, I know something. You said the last episode that you were going to tell us about how you got exercised. <laughs> So, I feel like we should talk about how you got exercised during this. this Okay.
1: (laughs) So, the first time it happened (laughs) was the first time. I hope this is not like, the bloopers afterward. So, you guys can listen to this if you want. Um, So, the first time it happened, I was, I want to say, 14 or 15 the first time I, I took acid. And... It was when I was living here in, in Dallas. I was living with my grandparents and my brothers. And uh, my brothers and I, speaking of Mortal Kombat, we're going to go see the first Mortal Kombat movie in oh, theaters. Wow. And so we, our plan was to drop some acid and go see Mortal Kombat. <laughs> so I get some acid. And the person who gave me the acid, instead of giving me one hit of acid, gave me like four hits of acid. Okay. Oh, my God. And so we were with my my brother's homeboys and me, and we stopped by a house first. And I just remember that everybody started ironing their pants, you know, because the homeboys got to have a starch line right you know, down those dickies. So that's the last thing I remember. The thing I remember is we were in this room that had nothing in it, but damned if he didn't have an iron in the iron. board, you know, put that fucking crisp ass crease in it. And that's the last thing I remember being sober. And then I remember the the walls um melting. And I had a horrible experience. I'm not gonna bore you with the details because it was a very long trip. But the point is that after several hours of we didn't even make it to Mortal combat because I was tripping too hard. I was fucking it up for everybody. So they, <laughs> they ended up putting me in the trunk of the car, dude. What? Fuck oh my up. God. <laughs> one of one of my homeboys was like, nah, dude, that's really fucked up. My my older brother, who was his idea was to put me in the truck. And he's like, no, dude, that's fucked up. And they carried me, put me in the back of the of the car. And they're like, just take her home. Just take her home. My brother is also tripping. Okay. <laughs> so we get home, okay, I don't know, 2, 3 in the morning. And they he leaves me in the garage, in the car, in the garage. And so my grandparents obviously realize that I'm fucking missing. <laughs> and they're like, where is your sister? And he's laughing in his room. Oh, she's in the fucking car in the garage. And so my grandma comes and gets me. I'm not even going to describe to you what I was experiencing because she, my grandma looked like a different person when she was approaching me. And oh I gosh. tripped out. It was very scary. She thought I was possessed. She was like, it's happening. My whole life growing up, she, she would always say that I was possessed, that there was like a demon in me or something was wrong <laughs> with me. So this confirmed it. So she took me to the bathroom. And was trying to give me a bath to kind of like, you know, wake me out of it. And the worst thing you can do to someone tripping on acid is put them in water. Yeah. Because it just looks like your skin is melting. Oh my God, no! And so I'm telling her all these crazy things and I'm seeing all this crazy stuff. And I grew up Catholic. And so the Catholic... visions were really deep in me so when she put me like in a bed I told her that the, the bed is on fire like I could see the flames and I could feel myself sinking into this bed like into like the flames of hell oh, God. And so I was describing all this stuff to her and then I tried jumping out the window for some reason and so my granddad oh, wow. had to tie me down with sheets and like hold me and then my grandma Uh, we had (laughs) a couple of weeks prior to this. Oh, actually that was the second time. That was the second time was I was exercised. The first time I was exercised, we had gone to San Antonio to a Catholic Orthodox church where we were told there was a virgin that was crying, uh, sacred tears. Okay. So we went to this, uh, Orthodox church and it was a Russian Orthodox church. And so when you come in, if you're a woman, you have to, you know, put, a skirt over your pants and cover your hair. And then you go down into like this tunnel where they have the, this, this, this miraculous virgin and this tunnel, it was kind of like a cave, but it was surrounded by like Russian paintings of like saints and stuff. And there was a lot of candles and a lot of incense and I, incense makes me faint. I learned later in my life. So that's the, that's the second time my grandma saw me faint in like a, a religious, uh, like a church.
0: Okay. <laughs> the this first time like, was in demon Mexico. Is the yes, demon. that was the
1: first time we were. At, I think the during the. Day of the Virgin of Guadalupe in Mexico one time where there was thousands of people around us. There was incense and candles everywhere. The priest came and was blessing us with holy water. And I was so hot and dizzy that by the time he hit me with holy water, I passed out. And my grandma freaked out. (laughs) This was years before. And then fast forward like five years later, we're in this Catholic Orthodox church visiting this miraculous virgin. And I pass out again. Oh, and my grandma's like, oh my oh God. God. And asked the priest right then and there to perform an exorcism on me. Exorcism. I woke up with this guy on top of me, like saying all this shit I didn't even understand.
0: Oh my God.
1: So she bought I didn't show I didn't know she bought these virgin tears and brought them back home with us.
0: Okay. So fast
1: forward to my acid trip where she thinks I'm possessed. And she brings like all these family members and they're all praying on me and I'm <laughs> laughing hysterically and tripping out. And she goes and she gets, um, the tears and she brings somebody to perform the exorcism. And then I got exercised while I'm tripping on acid.
0: <laughs> okay. I mean, did you try to tell her that you were tripping? Like, no, what? no.
1: Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, I did not want to snitch on the person that gave me the acid. Okay. Okay. So even in my, tri- even in my trip, I knew that it was bad news to tell her where I got this acid. Because she kept – she she was interrogating me. She's like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What did you take? I'm like, I didn't take anything. I didn't take anything. And she was like, oh, this bitch is possessed. Like, that was the only explanation because she had never experienced acid. Like, yes. I guess it makes sense that she was like, holy, holy shit. Crap. Yeah. So that's the story of the second time I was exercised.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and that's the last time I did
1: acid, actually.
0: It was so. so was it a statue of a virgin that had did the tears? No, it
1: was a painting. It was like a a painting of her, and she had like oily tears coming out of her eyes, and then they had like a a stack of cotton balls beneath her collecting these tears, and they were putting them in vials and selling them as some kind of holy stuff. Which you know, I'm sure they had yeah, like is pumping there behind the, the painting, painting like. Right. <laughs> I will say it was a very beautiful really odd place. Um it was like a it was like a cave. Wow. It was like you go into this church, it was like in the desert. I remember it was like near San Antonio and then you go down these steps and it gets really cool and then it's all stone. And uh covered in all this Catholic imagery and I mean it was I mean they they the ambiance was great. Yes. <laughs> so much so that it made me pass out.
0: Gosh, okay. I have a Julie noted, no incense around Audrey. No, I'm i I'm <laughs> allergic to
1: incense, yeah. My asthma uh is triggered. So yeah, yeah, that was uh that was my exorcism. The exorcism of Honey Road.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Out of control, yep. yep. Speaking
0: of ritual <laughs> and religion, <laughs> I'm so thankful I have never been exercised. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's really aggressive, it's weird, and when you're tripping, it's really scary. It's, well, of it's, course, really I can only you.
0: imagine
1: that was a bad trip to say the least.
0: Yeah, um, sounds like it,
1: yeah. <laughs> I guess that anecdote concludes this episode. (laughs) Every time I tell a drug story, that's that's it, folks.
0: (laughs) If you want to submit your high ideas to us, you can do that at our website at highteapod.com. We would love to hear your high ideas and maybe we'll share them on the air um, we're also still in the market for some sponsors. So if you have any, uh, if you're cannabis business or a tea business or a showgirl-related business, anything that you think our readers might be interested in, uh, we would love to uh, share your products with our with our listeners.
1: Yeah, if you peddle makeup or rhinestones, this is this is where you throw it at. Yes, we want it.
0: We want it. We want to share. We want to share uh, with our listeners on. that have tuned into two episodes. They have not abandoned <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! us. <laughs> so. You
1: made it to number three. Congratulations. Thank you, You must guys. be very high.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> like, this is so great I'm <laughs> yes,
1: Thanks to everyone who has visited our website, listened to our podcast. And um, if you're not following us already on Instagram, we're high tea with two honeys. And then we each have our individual page. I'm Miss Honey Sabina.
0: And I'm Honey Coco.
1: Yep, so go follow us, send us messages, share Uh, us. And follow us
0: on your podcast platform as we listen to us. And if there's a chance to give us a little rating or a like, um, we would definitely appreciate that as well.
1: So until next time. Stay high,
0: stay fly. Stay
1: high. Bye. Bye. Should we clap? One, two, three. (laughs) (laughs) Let's, it's fine. Let's just not try.